0: Hey, good morning. Welcome, everyone. Thank you for joining us here this morning. Hey, speaking of joining us, we are excited for the things coming up. We're going to do a Christmas service. It's going to be outdoors at Desert Springs Covenant Church on Wednesday, the 23rd, 6 p.m. We do need you to RSVP. um, And so if you'll jump on the website and let us know that you can come, we're excited for that. You'll have the option of doing an outdoor social distance um, gathering, uh, bundle up and bring a lawn, lawn chair, or you're welcome to stay in your car and view and listen from there. We're excited to be together. The other great thing is that people will get a chance to see the facility that will be moving into the first week in January uh, and and take a look at uh, what's to come. So, hey, again, thank you for being mm-hmm. here with us this morning. I'm Micah. This is Sarah. Uh, we're the lead pastors at the Vine Church, and uh, we're happy to be here together.
1: We are so excited to be here. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. So one of the privileges of being a parent is that we get to watch our daughters grow. Um, when they were really little, when they were infants, when they were toddlers, you know, they were really focused on themselves. Their little world is really small. But now as they're growing, we get to see them grow and develop. We get to see them learn how to empathize with other people, learn how to love other people. They're learning how to think um, about other people.
0: Yeah, they're, they're teaching me a lot. In this season.
1: <laughs> they really are. We have yeah. big conversations with our two girls. Recently we mentioned a few weeks ago that we got a new puppy and this puppy's been a long time coming because I have said no for like two years. Um, but we finally got our puppy much to rachel's excitement rachel's been the one just really pushing this she loves animals loves dogs and she's been asking for this puppy for a long time and the condition was that she would be the primary caretaker of the puppy and she was a hundred percent on board yes i will take care of the puppy and when we got the puppy a few weeks ago she realized rather quickly that it's not always fun or convenient Uh, to take care of a puppy, especially when the puppy wakes you up really early in the morning and things like that. But I've been so impressed watching Rachel take care of our little puppy. Her name is Izzy, because even when she doesn't feel like it, she is paying attention to this dog and she's paying attention to the puppy. You know, the messes in the backyard are getting picked up regularly. The puppy's being fed and watered and walked and played with. And I'm just marveling at the lessons that Rachel is learning through this process. She is learning to love and learning to think about someone other than herself through this process. And I think that will serve her well. It will. Okay,
0: so more about puppy love in a minute. But for a moment, let's zoom out and let's just refresh our memory on where we're at. So this is the fourth Sunday of Advent. And Advent on the church calendar are the four weeks leading up to Christmas in which we remember hope, joy, love, and peace that Jesus has brought into the world, that was brought into the world at his birth. We remember that hope, joy, peace, and love will come in its fullness in Jesus' second coming. But we also remember, and we've been really focused this year on the present aspect Mm -hmm. of Advent, that in these four weeks, we remember that as Jesus' kingdom, as God's kingdom is coming and his will is being done on earth, that hope, joy, Mm -hmm. peace, and love are being brought into our earth, onto our earth, into Mm -hmm. our lives in this season.
1: So today we're talking about love and specifically agape love. And agape is the Greek word for love. Now, we use the word love all the time in the English language. I love my husband. I love my children. And I love Nutella. I love, 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 love this Nutella that you get to spread on like freshly baked bread that smells up the whole house, and then the Nutella like melts and oozes into the bread. It kinda, I love that. It kind of sounds like
0: you love Nutella more than your husband and children. Totally
1: not what I'm saying here, but we use the word okay. love um, in reference to a lot of different things in a lot of different ways. And often love, the way we use it, is primarily a feeling, how we feel about something. This agape love that we're going to be taking a look at today um, is much more than a feeling. Agape love is love that comes from God, and it seeks the well-being of another, regardless of their response, but it seeks the well-being of another. And in the New Testament, primarily this love is demonstrated through action. And that's one thing we're going to talk about today. We're going to be looking at 1 John chapter 4 verses 7 through 21 in which um, the author speaks of agape love, this love that comes from God that seeks the well-being of another. And this passage is going to start off with a phrase that I just wanted to mention before we even read it. It starts off by saying, dear friends, and even in that address. Um, this agape love is present. It's actually the adjective form of this word meaning beloved. So dear beloved, you who are loved, let's, let's hear what the passage says.
0: All right. Dear friends, let us love one another for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only Son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. Now, I want to clarify, point out one thing about this passage, and it'll continue throughout this passage in First John. Notice um, that the pronouns used throughout this text are plural. It doesn't say God loves me so I am to love someone else. It says God loved us and God invites us to live in love. And quite often in our western and uh and, mm-hmm. and Protestant Christian uh, perspective: We read scripture very individualistically, and and we hear the eyes and the me. Uh, but I love that this passage about love does not speak of I or me; it speaks of us, which is very uh, very significant and important when talking about the subject of love, a relational term. Now, uh, it, it, the phrase that stands out to me the most in this mm-hmm. section is that God is love. Have you ever heard the expression? Um, looking for love in all the wrong places. I think that's so true of our culture, and even us as followers of Jesus quite often are looking for love in the experiences we have or in a relationship with a person. But this text tells us that God is love. He is the essence of love. He is the source of love in this world. You know, this stands to reason. If you're a little bit familiar with theology, we talk about the Trinity or a triune God. That is a God who is one but exists as 3. And so often we speak of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I like to think in terms of the Creator, the Savior, the Mm -hmm. Sustainer. Uh, um, And uh, so we, we talk about this triune God, but doesn't it stand to reason that a God that exists in relationship, in loving relationship, would be described as love. And what's beautiful Mm. about God, who is one yet exists in community, uh, this love that he has is not all internal, but instead pours out into the lives of humanity.
1: Mm. Yes. This agape love that is spoken of here is love that comes from God. And God showed his love To the world by sending his one and only Son, Jesus, that we might live through him. He sent Jesus as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. And so God demonstrates his love to us by giving of himself, by giving us of himself. And we so we understand what love is, especially this specific agape love, by not how we love God or how we are experiencing love. Rather, we understand love by how God loves us. How and has
0: demonstrated that love. Exactly. Yes. And how
1: he is demonstrating that love to us. So God is love. God defines love. And God acts as a model for our love. We want to to model our love after his love. So God loved the world. God loved people in the world so much that he selflessly gave up his son and Jesus gave up his life as an atoning sacrifice that we might live through him. And, you know, as Christians, we hear that a lot. Um, Jesus died for us. You know, we hear that concept a lot. And I think sometimes we, we hear it so much, it's so familiar that we don't stop and think about that. That is a profound and powerful demonstration of love. There's
0: this passage that says there's no greater act of love than Mm. to lay down your life for another. That's the magnitude of Jesus' love and sacrifice.
1: And so understanding agape love means that we understand the depth of this love, that we experience it, and that it has huge ramifications, implications for our lives.
0: Absolutely. So here's the flow so far in our passage. God is love. Uh, Mm -hmm. God loves us and demonstrated his love in giving Jesus. And so let us love one another. Mm -hmm. And Sarah and I were talking about this concept. And she mentioned this idea to me this week of just this continual flow of love from God to us and then through us into the world. And I just got this picture of a mountain stream. And my favorite thing in the mountains uh, are are the waterfalls, right? That's where you always hike to. That is the destination because you want to see the waterfall Mm -hmm. and usually upstream of a waterfall there's this pool of water right and so water is flowing down the mountain and filling this pool to overflowing where then it comes and Mm -hmm. pours over a cliff face and becomes a waterfall and down below typically there's this other pool of water that then is filled by the waterfall and then eventually overflows and runs further down the mountain and this is kind of like god's love this love that is continually flowing filling us up that it would overflow uh, and and be be distributed beyond us and into the world. This is the final movement in this section then. So let us love one another. And what's interesting is the author here is writing to a church that could be and at times is divided by many things, by mm-hmm. uh, by their theology, by race, by all sorts of different things that could be the dividing the church in this moment. And he is saying, the author is saying to the church, hey, listen, God has loved us, plural again, Mm -hmm. God has loved us so much that we have to love one another. Now, while the author speaks quite specifically um, to the church and that we ought to love each other within the church, Uh, of course, in the words of Jesus, love is to flow beyond just our circle of people. Uh, When speaking Mm -hmm. of loving our our neighbor, Jesus is asked, so who is our neighbor? And through a a parable, he says, your neighbor is anyone that you come Mm -hmm. in contact, including the marginalized or the foreigner or the person that it's hard to love. So Jesus says that this concept of love that we talk about today, that we receive from God, that flows out from us, uh, yes, it applies within the church. Uh, It also applies to all of humanity.
1: The passage continues in verse 13. This is how we know that we live in him and he in us. He has given us of his spirit. And we have seen and testify that the Father has sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. And if anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in them and they in God. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. I love this part. It speaks of a mutual indwelling. It says the Spirit lives inside of us. And we, in turn, live in God. There's this beautiful demonstration of love um, that is a loving relationship. And Micah mentioned the Trinity. And there's this, this beautiful demonstration of love. And there's also a lot of mystery in the Trinity and how God exists in that. But here's what we know. God gave of himself He sent Jesus, and Jesus died as an atoning sacrifice for us that we might live. And God also continues to give of himself. The Spirit, the Holy Spirit, lives within us. As a community of believers, we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. God lives within us. And not only that, verse 15, it says, if anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the son of God, God lives in them and they in God. See, the love of God, this agape love, is a love that embraces and that includes. And so not only does God live within us, But God embraces us and draws us into his circle of divine love. And that's part of being a believer is that we get to live in God, live in relationship with this divine love.
0: Yeah, and the text continues with a familiar phrase, God is love, he reminds us again. Mm -hmm. Whoever lives in love lives in God, and God in them. This is how love is made complete among us, so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear, because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. Now, this is a little bit of a complicated place in the a lot text. In there. <laughs> yeah, and and we won't take time necessarily to describe or explain every little detail of this text, but it's a significant point that we wanted to keep in the message today. Mm-hmm. Um, it speaks to God's love bringing about completeness in us. Uh, But this idea of completeness goes on to speak about his plan for the world and humanity as well. Uh, This is the season of Advent. We remember, yes, that Jesus came as a child. He was born into this world. But we also remember that he's coming again. And this text references this idea of Judgment Day, of a time when he will come again. And quite often, uh, the concept of judgment uh, or judgment day, mm-hmm. yeah, would bring about mm-hmm. some confusion or some fear uh, in us. And so the author speaks specifically to that fear. Mm-hmm. Uh, the author says that there is no fear because God's love drives out fear. What the author is speaking to here is the idea that on judgment day, we will be looking into the face of, and the one looking back at us will be the one whom we love and And who loves us deeply. That's a pretty rich and beautiful image drawn out here.
1: That is. And then the text concludes, um, starting in verse 19. We love because he first loved us. Whoever claims to love God, yet hates a brother or sister, is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother or sister, whom they have seen, cannot love God, whom they have not seen. And he has given us this command. Anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. So he concludes by saying, "We love because God first loved us." If we truly know God's love, if we are experiencing God's love, if we have received his love, if we are living in loving relationship with this divine love that is the Trinity, then his love is in us and flows out of us. Like Micah said, that continual flow, agape love, this love that comes from God can't be compartmentalized. I can't say, oh, I'm gonna love God, but that doesn't affect how I treat people. It's it's all one thing. You know, a couple of months ago, I was reminded of this. I had woken up early and I'm a morning person. And so if I go to bed, um On time, I always wake up early and I love the morning time. And so it was all calm and quiet and peaceful in here. So I got up, I got my cup of coffee, I sat in the sitting room and I was having just this calm and beautiful time of prayer. I was reading scripture and in the middle of it, uh, our girls woke up. <laughs> so they started coming out here, you know, you know how it is if you're a parent, like one request and then another request and then they want me to make breakfast. And I'm like, it's not, your alarm hasn't even gone off yet. And there was a time when I just got, I got really frustrated and I responded in a very harsh tone with them. I don't remember exactly what I said, but I remember being angry and basically saying, take care of yourself, just leave me alone. And they quickly skedaddled, they, they know that tone, and they left and I sat back down to pray and read, but I had this sense that, you know, something's wrong. Some, in that moment, something had gone wrong wrong. And I realized that my treatment of my girls was simply incompatible with my desire to sit and draw near to God. Like I couldn't treat them that way and then try to sit with God. Like those two things couldn't be separated. And I think this passage speaks to that, that loving God, by the way, I had to go back. I went back and I apologized to my girls <laughs> before I sat back. For the first pray. time that day. Oh, okay. right? yeah. <laughs> yeah, one of many, that, I'm sure. Happens, yeah. <laughs> um, but loving God means that we treat people with his love.
0: Yeah. In fact, the passage ends with this command. Anyone who loves God must love people. And, you know, this is a tall order. It's it easy to say those words, mm-hmm. but it's hard. I mean, as your illustration points out, even within our family, we'll expand it then to the church, the brothers and sisters in Christ mm-hmm. that he's talking about here. This is a tall order. And then expand it even further, as Jesus does, to the world and the people that we come in contact with. It is a tall order. If we love God, we are to love People, mm-hmm. But the blessing and the hope that I find in this passage, in this description, is that it is God's love mm-hmm. pouring into our lives that overflows, that transforms us first, and then overflows in a way that others experience his love as well. Mm-hmm.
1: So this is Advent. And our prayer this Advent has been, Come, Lord Jesus, may your kingdom on earth May your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. And that's what we've talked about each Sunday. And so today we remember that God's love, his agape love, was demonstrated to us when Jesus was born here on earth in human form. And we also remember that his agape love is continually coming through the Holy Spirit and in the Holy Spirit's presence and what the Holy Spirit is producing in us. And so this Advent, we prepare ourselves um, individually and also as a community for the coming of Jesus. We receive His love, knowing that His love brings about healing and transformation, brings about hope, joy, and peace. And we also acknowledge that it's not just for us, that we are agents of His love.
0: Absolutely. So, uh, as we look at these two aspects, the first is a relationship, a loving relationship Mm -hmm. with God. So, what does it look like to receive God's love this week? It is to recognize that you and that I are loved. By God, mm. that He knows you, and He loves you deeply, that He knows us, He loves yes. us deeply, and He is inviting us into relationship with Him, and then we're invited this week to reciprocate that love, to spend time in prayer, to spend time drawing near to the Holy Spirit that God has mm. given us in our lives that we could be near to Him, to spend time praying, reading in in solitude, in silence, in conversation with others, but time communing with God, living out the love that we have received from him.
1: And then remembering that as agents of this love, we are invited to love others with God's love. What does that look like for us this week? You know, it's not just a feeling or a a well-wish, like a wish you well sort of thing. Um, Love is demonstrated through action, tangible acts of love, acts that... um, promote the well-being of another. We are called to live out this love. And I know due to the pandemic, um, things are really different right now. There's a lot of safety measures in place and those are necessary. And so I want to invite us to be intentional and creative in this season, this week and in this season. How are we going to love each other? And maybe it's as simple as a phone call or a, a snail mail note um, in, in the mail, it's like, what, what is that? <laughs> I love right. getting those. Or maybe it's something, um, like giving of our time or giving of our resources. Maybe it's volunteering somewhere or, um, giving financial assistance to someone. As I was reflecting on this, um, this week, I was also struck by, uh, the fact that we can, one way we love is by walking with people in suffering. And uh, Jesus really modeled that for us. Jesus um, came to earth and entered into the suffering of this world that he might walk with us, that he might save us from that suffering. The Holy Spirit dwells within us and walks with us through the joyful times in our life and also through the really hard times in our life. And as agents of God's love, In this season and other seasons, we are called to enter into the suffering of others and to walk with people that we might demonstrate God's love at those times. You know, we lament that there is war, that there is hate, that there is division right now in our world. And so we draw close to those who are suffering so that we might demonstrate God's love in that. So this Advent We pray and we invite you to join us in this prayer. Jesus, may your kingdom of love come. May you reign in our lives and in our community. And may we be agents of your divine love.
0: So each week of Advent, we light a candle uh, remembering these aspects of hope, joy, peace, Mm -hmm. and love. This week, uh, the the Leslie family is going to join us and light a candle as we remember love
1: We invite you to pray with us. Allison will lead us. After each statement, we'll all respond, Come, Lord Jesus. Jesus, you are
0: the light of the world. Come, Come Lord Lord Jesus. Jesus. You are the light in our darkness. Come, Come Lord Lord Jesus. Jesus. Son of God, save us from our sins. Come, Come Lord Lord Jesus. Jesus. Bring hope into
1: the lives of all people. Come Lord Jesus give your peace to all nations Come, Come Lord Jesus
0: be the joy of all who love you Come Lord Jesus teach us to love as you love Come Lord Jesus Jesus stay with us always Come, Come Lord, Jesus. Lord Jesus Amen
1: Amen Amen, Amen.
0: Amen. And thank you, Leslie's for, um, for leading us in that time. Each week we've been pitching a song your way away. You can go a little bit deeper. And this week, the subject of love, and we've got a song for you by Bethel music. Mm-hmm. It's called the reckless love of God. And it speaks of the overwhelming, never ending reckless love of God, that God is pursuing us. You are invited into a loving relationship with God mm-hmm. and a loving relationship with people.
1: This week, since we're talking about love, we also are going to post another link ch- just as a resource to our families with kiddos. It's a list of acts of kindness that we we you could look through and choose to do this week with your kiddos. So take a look at that link as well.
0: Hey, friends, thank you so much for joining us. We love you, and I uh, can't wait to see you again soon.
1: Bye. Bye.